0: Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity. All righty, folks. Mr. Curiosity has arrived again. Joe Snedeker here, and I've got a a real live, honest to goodness dentist with me today. Yeah, the great Gary Kopeski, right? Kopeski. You said that right, Joe. You got it. And here's the weird part the only reason we know each other, and you can hold this up. I know our audio listeners won't see this, but. You're holding up shorts that have kitty cats flying through space on them. What's with that? Your favorite shorts, Joe.
1: (laughs) Now, honestly, I can't take credit for these, and I was going to bring these. If we did this in the studio, um, I was going to bring these because you have the matching shirt, and you should have the shorts to go with it (laughs) as a matching pair. Um, My staff got these for a gift, a gag gift for me. My wife and I put a pool in this summer, and we were having a... um, a pool, you know, an office party here at the house and right before my birth, excuse me, right after my birthday. And so they, they gave me a, you know, a gift and they said, you got to promise me before you open it that you'll use what's in this box. And of course I knew I was being set up for something (laughs) because they did that to me once before. And I said, sure, you know, I'm a good sport. I'll do it. And so lo and behold, this cat in space, Cat Swim shorts.
0: space shorts. So that's what brought us together. We had a pointing theme on WNEP over the summer of um, my goodness. Wait, what was it? What was it? Oh, lawnmowers. It was lawnmowers. Yeah. So yeah. you and your lawn machine. And then I get a picture from this, this doctor I never met. And he, he is wearing cat space shorts, big smile, <laughs> pretty girls around. And I'm thinking, this is my kind of guy. And then we started corresponding and here you are. Now we're that's- buddies on the podcast. <clears throat> Absolutely, and you might not remember, Joe. Okay, mm, but I have
1: something else with cats. <laughs> I forgot about that. And you had me as a pointer. I don't know, three or four years ago. Yes, I because I have
0: that same cat jacket. You did you send me a copy?
1: Uh, no, I have the whole outfit. The, the tie, whole outfit. The pants, it's a jacket. It's, the whole deal. It's a cat blazer. So we knew you were kind of. My staff knew you were a sucker for uh, for cats. I can't say I'm a huge cat fan, honestly. I'm a dog guy. Uh, yeah, me like too. You. But
0: but we try to understand the uh, the cat people, right? We try to yeah, understand. Yeah, but you know
1: what? It's it's fun. And actually, the cat suit started in my office. We do like an ugly Christmas sweater thing the last day before we close for the holiday, and that got kind of boring. We're like, ah, we got to you know do something else. And so I just started looking online to find the most hideous thing I possibly could way worse than an ugly sweater. And voila, the cats, the Christmas cat suit came about. So
0: So. even though we are two serious professionals, we like to have a good time and that's what brought us together. Our bizarreness, right? So, uh, all right. So from here on out, Dr. Gary Kapesky, Hamlin dental center, big shot dentist. Here's what I know about you. And this is where it ends. Paw Pack area high school grad, University of Scranton grad, top 25% 2001 Pitt School of Dentistry. You're the man. You
1: got that. Well, you got all the other uh, stuff, <laughs> right? I don't know if I'm the man, but.
0: See you later. Yeah, you it's all... over. Have a nice life. Now, of course, now we have to get into teeth and dentist uh, 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 apparatus and dental practices and what the average person needs to know. We got to dig in deep. What do you say? There's a lot to
1: know. There's a lot to know. So I'll answer any questions you got for me, Joe. Well, here's
0: how it works. So I think like me, I go to the dentist once or twice a year, the cleanings, et cetera. But you really never have time to talk because you have your allotted slot. And, you know, half the time, the, the dentist is already sticking stuff in your mouth and you're back in the chair. So you really can't say all the things you want to say or ask all the things you want to say. So we're going to do that now in front of you. We're going to pull it out of your brain and we're going to get down and dirty.
1: Awesome. I love to talk. So it's perfect. My <laughs> staff always yells at me for talking too much. And, you know, they're, they're going like this, like, come on. You I know. Go, come, on,
0: come on. Come on. Come but, on. But briefly, I like to go over the history of a person. And we got to do this quick to get to the good stuff. Sure. But uh, So you weren't a local guy. Your family moved here. How does that work? Yes,
1: I, I was born in New Jersey, uh, northern New Jersey, you know, just across from Manhattan. What exit? Um, oh, so, uh, I'm a New Jersey transplant, although I don't like to admit that often.
0: I was going to say, let's just stop right there. What's the problem do you think people have? Why the Jersey jokes? It's a beautiful state. Wonderful beaches, wonderful mountains, uh, beautiful cities, quaint neighborhoods. What's with the Jersey jokes?
1: Anybody that's driven on the New Jersey Turnpike knows that (laughs) the jokes are real. (laughs) And we kind of ask for it, I I think you know people in New Jersey. But you think um, you come
0: here with an attitude, though? Does the Jersey people have attitudes? Maybe a little bit. People
1: people probably are going to get mad at me for saying it, but yes.
0: Oh, see, he's a man of truth. He's not cutting corners. <laughs> he speaks no, the truth. I, no, All I, no, right. won't.
1: no, it's they almost like I have, have an attitude. So we we always vacationed here. My family would come up um, in the early seventies, and then they built the house in the in the mid to late seventies. And we would come up on weekends, you know, like a lot of people do. Okay. And then when so I the was 13. Area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, to the same house my mom is, still lives in now in, in Lakeville. Oh, okay. Um, and when I was 13, we moved up here full time. Uh, my mom was a teacher. The house we lived in in New Jersey uh, was going to be sold because my grandmother owned it and she had passed away. And um, my mom said, we're going to
0: Pennsylvania. And so you're, you're devastated. Like... You're like, you're devastated, right? I was going to say, because you're crashing into puberty, you're 12, 13 years old, you got friends, you got girls on your mind, oh, yeah. now was, you have to be taken terrible. to a new place.
1: Going from New Jersey where you could, you know, your friends, you could walk to their house and do whatever, you know, immediately to here where I you didn't drive, you were in the middle of nowhere. I had to walk a mile to get the bus. <laughs> Seriously, not uphill both ways, but a mile to get yeah. the bus. Um And so I said, I'll go to high school here, but I'm leaving. I'm never coming back.
0: Get out of here. So how long did it take to assimilate?
1: Uh, I'd say at least a year. Started making some friends and realized there were certain things that I really did like that I had never experienced, like, you know, hunting, um, which I I now I I love to do. So all it would have taken, your
0: parents should have known, all it would have taken was one girl, the right girlfriend here, and you would have been hooked.
1: True. Well, that's kind of how I, we wound up coming back. Oh, there you my, go. My, See, it's,
0: how, it's always It's My wife, woman.
1: Jackie, we went to high school together at Paw Pack, and we didn't date her anything in high school, but we kind of knew each other, and we kind of be, became friends later when I was in, in college. And oh, interesting. Uh, her family's here. My family's here. And so it was just a natural fit to come back. I mean, I love Pittsburgh, and we thought about staying out there, but coming back home here was just a better place to raise a family.
0: I was going to say, so once you get your formal degree, your post, uh, your uh, your undergraduate work, and then your graduate work, and you become a dentist and a big shot doctor, and you graduate from uh, uh, what, Pitt School of Dentistry, yep. what, what's that like where you're thinking, okay, I have my certifications, I have my degrees. Like, then what? Do you think, oh, I'm going to join some group, well, I'm build you know, a building? Is, like, what do you do? It was
1: crazy, Joe. Um, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm not a real religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. And everything happened really to me by fate. It was completely fate. So here's the day of my graduation. The next day we were moving. My mom and brother were out in Pittsburgh helping me pack everything up. Right. My mom didn't tell me that she had a toothache. And uh, we were packing everything up because I had taken a job in Albany, New York where my in-laws live, my, my wife's sister and brother-in-law live up there and they with the dental with,
0: group, with some with the
1: dental, dental group, big Your group first, up
0: there. First group out of college, first job out of college.
1: Yep. So I um, I I went up there visited a couple times throughout my you know final year of dental school, negotiated everything was going to move up there. Originally the plan was to come back home and work at the practice that I own now actually, the dentist that owned it James Sanderson. Um, he was my dentist and he said, Oh, the timing will be perfect when you're done with school. This'll be great. Ah. Well, my junior year, he hired a friend of mine from the area who graduated a year before me. And I was like, now, yeah, what? What a, who- so I started pursuing this other, other opportunity.
0: That's a little bit Here of a I have move. it all set
1: up. I'm moving, literally moving out of Pittsburgh the day after graduation, moving into my apartment in Albany, New York. All right. My mom has this toothache. She tells me that morning. I said, mom, don't come to Albany, go see Dr. Sanderson, see what's going on. You probably, you need a root canal. He'll take care of you. My brother and I will go unload the truck and everything up there. So here we drive all the way up there. Now it's, you know, we're unloading the truck. It's hot. We're miserable. My mom calls me. She goes, you were right. I needed a root canal. She goes, but you're not going to believe this. The doctor who he hired the year before just told him this morning, he's leaving. He wants to talk to you about a job. And I said, Mom, I've only been here uh, like two hours. <laughs> I can't even I can't even talk about this. Yeah. Well, fast forward, we unload the truck. I call Dr. Sanderson, I don't know, that night, the next day, we talk about it. I said, Well, I owe it to this this group to go the first day and see what it's all about. I hadn't signed the contract. I should have executed my contract prior. Right. And he was kind of screwing, you know, screwing around you didn't. a little bit. Yeah. So I, I went for that first Monday the whole day. Sat there, went to the guy's office at the end of the day. He took the contract, slid it across the desk. He goes, you know, what do you think? I read through it. He had changed a bunch of things in there. It was not what we negotiated. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm sorry, but I can't sign this. Uh, this isn't the place for me. And I slid it back across the desk. The next day I rented a truck, loaded everything back up. So this is four days I've been up there, drive back here, settle back in at home, started to work, I think, the next day or the day after that. So with uh, the, Dr. Sanderson's practice, the practice that I was a patient of.
0: So what are you like mid twenties at the time? What, what, what...
1: I was 29. I was a little bit older when I graduated down okay. school because I went, it took me five years undergrad at the U and then I stayed two and a half years for uh, a master's degree in biochem. I, I worked towards it. I didn't actually get it. And then I went off to Pitt. So I was a little bit older.
0: So when was all this
1: in the nineties? This I started dental school in 97, graduated in 01. I was at the U from 90 to 97. Nice.
0: So during all those years, uh, local at school or growing up in the Paw Pack, you a 16 watcher? You're watching WNEP? You're you're doing all that? Yeah, Tom
1: Clark, Tom and Tom Noreen. Tom Clark, absolutely. legendary
0: Noreen, right? I, I Come can't on. say
1: they were my favorite. Noreen used to drive me crazy. <laughs> that, was and, know, that was her charm.
0: That was her charm. I think she used to
1: like to, you know. Oh no! So I'm,
0: st- I'm I'm starting full time in 1999, 2000, right around the same time you're doing career moves too, graduating from college and looking for a job. Yeah, so I
1: think you know, I was, I was out in Pittsburgh at that time, so I don't know that I saw you very much in right. the beginning. But once we came back, I mean, yeah, Channel Sixteen is far better than any other news broadcast by far.
0: Yeah. There's Keep no stuffiness. It. We we don't take ourselves too seriously. We have a good time. That's the key.
1: No, but you get down to business. You get, you get what you need to know. You out get
0: of what you need to know. You deliver the facts and you give her the uh, information. You have a little good time with it. All right. So now you're a big shot doctor. That first week or two of, of you practicing, is it nervous? That first patient, the first five patients, I mean, is it your, that had to be nervous. To...
1: Nervous isn't even the, the word. I mean, you treat patients in dental school, your last two years, but you always have somebody there with you yeah now and and you at certain points you have to get checked like somebody's going to come in, and look and you have to basically ask permission to like continue now you're on your own and
0: is that nobody's right?
1: really watching over you and you're just you know you're making the decisions and doing what you think is right which is great but scary yeah <laughs> really because scary. we all think know if, if, if patients knew they would have been <laughs> the, the hardest part was you know keeping
0: that hidden I think that applies to everything. The old "fake it until you make it," right? Everybody does Absolutely. that. Whether you're a lawyer, a, a chemist, a doctor, a cardiologist, a teacher, a welder, everybody does that.
1: Anything. You just <laughs> you just hope somebody asks. So, how many of these have you done? <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So, so uh, now you're a seasoned uh, veteran, uh, kicking butt, doing dentistry. I have all these things I want to know about uh, teeth in general. Um, I want to start out with, of, of all things, the uh, enamel, all right? Yeah. So is it true, this hard covering on your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing, I was listening to a science podcast, and like, anytime you eat something really hard and crunchy, whether it's a hard candy or you bite down on a piece of plastic, a pen or something, you are scratching, scraping off some enamel and it's irreplaceable. Is that sort of true?
1: That's 100% true. Um, I mean, enamel is the hardest, hardest substance in the body. So it's, right. it's harder than bone, Right. Um, but it can wear easily. So to use your teeth as tools is, is kind of a bad idea, but we I, all do it. So I, I do it.
0: i wire when I'm doing electrical work. I'm
1: bad <sighs> habits, opening packages, tearing tape, chewing our fingernails, biting pens or pencils, biting fishing line, stripping wire, I guess. I never thought of that one. Bill. Yeah. But, <laughs> Oh, you know, but years ago, like um ladies, there was a condition where, you know, ladies who worked as seamstresses or worked in like a uh, sewing factory or something, which was commonplace. Okay. You know, in, in the 19th century, they would hold the, the sewing needles between their teeth and they would wear notches in, in their teeth.
0: Is that right? So it's easily scraped off and it's.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just that repetitive wearing of the teeth. And once it's gone, it's gone. You can't grow back enamel. Um, you can replace it artificially with, you know, crowns or caps or veneers and things like that. But the material is never, I always say it's never, no matter what I do or Dennis does for you, it's never as good as what God gave you. I mean, it looks great. It can be close to the real thing, but take care of what you got. Cause it's the best option.
0: So what am I missing here then? Why is it that we're told fluoride the 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 ions in fluoride and other substances fluorid, fluorinated water will then be used to build the crystalline structure to replenish enamel how, how does if you can't well, fix it then, or repair it what are we the, doing that for
1: the it? key word is, is that you just use is replenish joe it's really it really doesn't replenish the enamel what it does there's two types of fluoride so as a child if you take um, fluoride supplements, you know, vitamins or tablets or drops, uh, you know, for infants and things like that. That is probably in my opinion, the most important form because you get systemic fluoride. So that systemic fluoride allows those fluoride ions to be incorporated into the enamel of the teeth as they're growing. Because even as a baby, those, the teeth are beginning to form and it's the enamel of the tooth that actually forms first. So it's so the, in the bloodstream. The enamel stream? layer forms first as a tooth bud, and then the inner layer, the dentin layer forms, and then the root begins to form, and then the tooth will begin to erupt, even a primary tooth, a baby tooth.
0: Um, so, but those fluoride ions are where in the bloodstream from the from the tablet? Mm-hmm. And, and then
1: they, they get absorbed um, by the body and incorporated into that enamel as it's growing that enamel is 10 times more resistant to decay later on. Oh. It's harder than just enamel without the fluoride ion. Now, when as an adult, once those teeth have formed and all erupted, as an adult, you know, you or I using fluoride toothpaste every day, or using some kind of fluoride rinse or something, or getting a fluoride treatment at the dentist, that's topical fluoride. And that helps to keep the surface mineralized, but it's it's like wax on your, on your car.
0: Oh, okay. So like so the, clear it's, it's, coat, the clear coat would be the enamel
1: maybe kind of it's, it's like you're, you're protecting the outer layer, but it's really not getting into the enamel. Oh, I see. It's just that surface
0: gotcha. the systemic
1: fluoride that you, that was given as a child is incorporated. It's there, it's there forever. It's the whole, it's the whole layer of enamel. So that is really where, you know, fluoridated water. Um, you know, I grew up Thankfully, in New Jersey, as far as that goes, because I had fluoride in the water, it was put into the water system, the city water. And a lot of times now that's being taken away. There are most community water systems, a lot of them, because of, you know, fear of cancer and this and that and, you know, poisoning. And um, there's a lot of misinformation regarding fluoride, but or you know, all, I give it people, to all my kids.
0: Or all those people who live in a rural area who have, uh, who have uh, wells and pull up their water from the groundwater. You're right. Now no there fluoride. is that,
1: you know the thing to understand living in a in a rural area like this, like I live, you know, in a rural area, I have a well. <clears throat> there can be some natural fluoride within the water. And so that you may be getting some, unless you had your your well tested, you wouldn't really know exactly how much.
0: Yeah, so many minerals um, are dissolved in groundwater.
1: Sure. Yeah. So presumably there may be some there, but it's it's definitely something that people should talk to their dentist about. You know, if you have children. You have a golden opportunity if if you don't if you're not in a community uh, water system that's fluoridated to um, you know give fluoride supplements and really benefit your kids going forward because you can tell I can tell patients that I see you know in my practice in, in Hamlin who grew up in a rural area versus the transplants that were from New York New Jersey or Philadelphia <laughs> because their age and they have maybe one or two fillings, maybe no fillings at all. Maybe no dental work at all. And they really don't do anything special, but their teeth had the benefit of that fluoride. So they're just, they're way more resistant.
0: And I tell my wife this, she laughs at me. She says I'm gross. This is, I think, semi new information for the public. Here's the new thing, folks. When you brush, do not rinse, just gently spit. Leave all that toothpaste in your mouth, right? Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. You know, you're basically doing a fluoride treatment by That's doing That's what that. I mean.
0: You're doing a free yeah. fluoride treatment. So you brush your teeth and then you go, you spit most of the volume of the toothpaste out, but you let that, you let the toothpaste still fill all the teeth. Correct? Correct. You don't rinse. Don't rinse. Rinsing's got to be stopped forever, right?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't recommend rinsing.
0: Rinsing is bad. No, I, we got to get this word out to the public. Rinse, no good. No good at all, Joe. See, I wish I could play this part back for my wife. Rinsing bad. Let the stuff foam in your mouth and leave it there. It's fluorinating. For once, you
1: may have actually been right, but
0: I don't want to be the the one to tell your wife that. (laughs) Spoken like a married man. And isn't a lot of it, isn't it too, uh, what's the genetic component? I never understood that where some people do not get cavities, not because of diet, not because of fluoride, but simply because of genetics. I don't understand that.
1: Well, it's just like anything else, you know. We're pre-programmed for certain conditions. You know, maybe you're pre-programmed to develop cancer in, in life or heart disease. Right. Same, you know, it's just the same thing. Some people their their teeth are just genetically, um, you know, more resistant to decay. Maybe uh, they don't have periodontal disease or gum disease. They're not susceptible to gum disease. Uh, the anatomy of the teeth is such that. They don't have deep crevices or pits or holes oh, or certain I see. things yeah. like so that the
0: bacteria where, have nothing to gr- grab onto, right? Yeah, they're just real.
1: You know, the teeth just form; they're perfectly smooth, so there's not places for things to catch. So they're just not as prone to decay. That's probably the biggest one.
0: That's interesting. That's really, but, it, but again, it's really it's not maybe,
1: rocket science as far as as that goes. Some, you know, some it's just the luck of the draw.
0: <laughs> right, because you, but but you see, some kids and even adults. They'll drink Coke, Pepsi, high sugar and fructose content, chew gummy bears, candy. And all that is just is feeding the bacteria living in your teeth and on the gums. You got to get that out. Correct. That's what causes cavities because then the bacteria secrete um, byproducts that decay your teeth. Well, yeah.
1: And that's one of the, the common myths in, you know, when it comes to dentistry is people think, oh, sugar is sugar is bad. Sugar is what causes the cavity. No. No, it's not the sugar directly. The sugar is what the bacteria in our mouth use. And the byproduct of that metabolism of the sugar is acid. And it's the acid that makes the hole in your tooth.
0: Right. And so. so just keep the bacteria away and you uh, shouldn't. Yeah. Have so, you know, protect. along
1: those same lines, a lot of people think, oh, well, I, I, yeah, I don't drink soda. Why well, don't drink soda with sugar and I drink diet soda or I drink sugar free or. Uh, some kind of zero everything is a zero product now right So something like that and I, I don't know what the magic is in there but um most of those if if you looked at testing of those products and looked at the acidity you know the ph okay of them they're on that lower you know the lower the ph the more acidic so they're at that lower end of uh the ph scale so they're very acidic so now you put Yes, you're not putting sugar from that drink into your mouth, but you're creating an acidic environment. And it's that acid that'll just erode away the enamel. Oh,
0: interesting. So are you telling me that you stay away from sugar-free and Diet Coke and Pepsi? And do you? Absolutely. You do? Yes. Is that right? I never thought about that. But what if you find yeah. a way to just pass it quickly through your uh, mouth and that you're, you're missing your teeth? I mean, come on, maybe not exactly. Well, I, you know, honestly, <laughs>
1: sometimes we'll tell patients to use a straw for that reason. Oh, okay. Because a lot of soda drinkers, if you know, if you're constantly bathing your teeth, no matter what you're drinking, generally you're kind of bathing the upper teeth. Okay. And yeah. So you'll see this pattern of sometimes erosion from the acid or just decay on the top front teeth. And you could tell it's, you know, it's from drink repetitive bathing of the teeth with those sugary drinks. But I stay away from that stuff just because personally, I think it's poison. You know, it's just not good for you in general.
0: What if we uh, slip into the discussion of the smokers of the tobacco products, you probably see a lot of damage from that. That's probably the worst thing, correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, now you got vaping, you've got a lot of other products out there that really there, there isn't a whole lot of literature on it yet? a whole lot of research we really don't know the long-term effects of it but you know common sense tells you it it can't be good it really can't be but i mean everybody knows smoking and smoke uh smokeless tobacco is is bad for you um but it's you know it's highly addictive so it's really hard for those those patients to quit but it really has a, a negative effect on the chemistry of your mouth the ability of the gums to heal Um, you know, there's a direct link between that and periodontal disease or gum disease, you know, and tooth loss. So, you know, so it's not only affecting your teeth, of course, it's affecting your whole body, which is a whole nother subject of, you know, now people are starting to understand the value of taking care of their teeth, not only because of the teeth themselves, but there's a systemic link between the health of your mouth and the rest of your body. You know, it's not just your mouth and everything else, everything is connected. So if you see something in the mouth. Sometimes that's a precursor or a link to maybe heart disease, um, you know, diabetes, Infl- lots of other chronic conditions.
0: Inflammation in the mouth, inflammation in the body, right? There's going to be a cross. Oh,
1: 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just in the your mouth. It's, it's everywhere.
0: So I'm, uh, I'm a once a day flosser. I kind of enjoy it. At night, right before <laughs> bedtime, I get one of those uh, alligators. I don't like the strings. I know you guys like the strings yeah. one. I'll get the I alligator. Used- And I'll go.
1: I use the alligator. You like
0: the alligators?
1: (laughs) I use the alligator. Honestly, I'm I'm a little, you know, it's got to be easy. so I'm all about being easy. So, yeah, the string,
0: the string, the wraparound. I don't have that kind of time. The alligator is nice and quick.
1: (laughs) Same here. You know what? I can never find this is going to sound crazy, but I can never find floss in my house. Uh, how I don't know, but it looked like disappeared. Yeah, that's weird. But those little, those little alligators—I got whole bags of them. Like every yeah, I me go. too. All, I got all over the place. My truck—I got them at work. I got them everywhere. So,
0: and I could get—I could get a whole week out of one alligator. I don't know if that's normal. Uh, that's not. That's not a good thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's like wearing your underwear for a week. Too. Not a good
0: idea. If you say so. Now, what I do? I floss every night. And then I'm not sure about this part. So I get, all right, here, here's where where I'm trying to get to. I over white teeth. People bother me. You ever see them? They're over white. You got to find the right balance. I don't want to be an over whiter, but I don't want to be a yellower either. So I, every night I get the, uh, the whitening mouthwash and it says leave in your mouth for Mm. a minute or two minutes or something. So I floss. Yeah. And then I put that in my mouth and I, and then I leave it there for a minute or two. And then I spit it out. Is this a good practice?
1: You're probably wasting your time. Is that right? As far as whitening goes, I think a lot of those, those things are smoke and mirrors. Okay. Um, You know, marketing is, is powerful. These are pretty,
0: pretty white for a 56 year old guy.
1: I don't know. I got to back away from the screen. (laughs) They're kind of coming at you there.
0: So Um, what do you, what do you recommend people do then? How do you? For whitening? Well, uh, stable... just just for a, a semi-healthy look, whitening, yeah, all that. Well what causes the yellowing, spend... I guess. Let's say that. What causes the yellowing?
1: It happens just, you know, over time. As you you know, mostly mostly from habits. I mean staining, things that cause staining. So coffee, tea, red okay. wine, those are big ones. Tobacco products. Okay. Those are the those are like the four big ones. Colas. Um you know, also have, of course, that, Acid, you know, right. the, the staining. Yeah. if you eat a lot of berries, certain types of foods, they'll just stain your teeth, you know, over time as, as we age, they just kind of absorb stains. So you, you always say, um, you know, like the oxy, I always say the oxy clean commercials where you see the fibers on a, on a piece of fabric and they're showing, um, you know, the, the material, the product working and pulling the stains out of the pores of the, of the yeah, fabric. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of what whitening is doing. Most of those stains are on the surface. So there's oh, okay. two types of stains. There's intrinsic stains and extrinsic stains. Some people okay. are born with enamel that forms that's discolored. They, you know, so if one example would be tetracycline. If, so, if someone, um, as a baby took tetracycline when the enamel was forming, or a, a mother took it while she was pregnant and the teeth were forming, you would see this dark line in somebody's teeth. Um Oh, so that's like trapped
0: under the enamel forever. It's
1: literally in the enamel. So it's just discolored enamel. You cannot whiten it. You cannot change it. It's, it's there, but most of us, what we're trying to whiten are just surface stains. Just, you know, again, it's like, you know, it's like cleaning your car. Um, Just removing a lot of those things that just kind of settle on there, but the enamel is porous and the stains will kind of get into those pores. So it's, it's can be challenging to, to really get deeper in there to really begin to whiten.
0: Um, oh, I see. A lot what, of the
1: over-the-counter products really just are not. Th- yeah, those things you, you,
0: you bend over your teeth, you wrap them, you, you, you yeah. St- I, do, I don't know. Do you like those or what? What's yeah, the deal? that stuff works. I mean, that we, stuff works. We,
1: we offer products and sell products in my office. I mean, but you really should be under the care of a dentist. You know, to make sure that you're a good candidate, your gums are healthy. You know if your teeth are sensitive there's some other things that you know you may want to do along the way so you don't do any damage um if you have any other previous dental work that work is not going to lighten at all so you don't want to do something where now yeah your teeth are whiter but now the work you had done
0: i doesn't see right so
1: good and now you, you actually need to have more work done so
0: so the the, the uh, foaming hydrogen peroxide correct is that what they're putting in these some of these whitenings foaming they're always
1: they're always forms of peroxide so we always say you know. Do you want to bleach your teeth? Everyone says bleach. Yeah, anyway. the bleach. There's, okay, so there's no bleach involved. You're not.
0: <laughs> you're not, not putting Clorox in your. You're, mouth. you're
1: thinning. Yeah, <laughs> do do not use Clorox in your mouth. Um, uh, a lot of people think it's thinning the enamel or stripping the enamel away. None of that's happening. It's not like sanding a piece of wood and refinishing, you know, a table where you're removing that that color on the surface and then refinishing it. It's not like that at all. All you're doing is oxidizing the stains in the pores. I thought. And it's why does it formed... say
0: don't leave on for like over 2 or 3 minutes? What if I left it on? What if I what if I leave it on longer? What's happening? That's
1: what... you can cause damage to the tooth to the nerve mainly oh, okay. the, your teeth can be really sensitive depending on the concentration of the product. This is why you really want to talk to a dental professional before you do it so you, you make sure you're not going to do any harm. Okay. Uh, but it's always forms of peroxide, either carbamide peroxide or hydrogen peroxide. And what you get over the counter generally is not as strong as what you can get in a professional setting. And um, a lot of it is just marketing. You know, these companies know if they put whitening on the box. Yeah, you're you know, going to you buy down the it. Aisle, there's yeah. Every type of toothpaste has whitening in it. Every product says whitening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It catches your eye and that's the one you're going to buy. Well, they really don't have to do much. When it comes to toothpaste, they can put whitening on the box, not because there's a whitening agent in there they can do that simply by changing the particle size and basically uh-huh. making it a little bit more gritty. And so now that is detrimental to the teeth because it's more abrasive to the enamel. Oh, and that I Abrasive see. action is bad. And that's why we tell patients, you know, an old time thing to do would be to take a little bit of baking soda and peroxide, mix it together, brush that on your teeth. That will whiten your teeth over time. Is that right? But the but the abrasive action of the the uh, baking soda, it's very abrasive. So you really have to be careful not to overbrush you use a hard brusher. You know, you can do damage. So we kind of discourage patients from doing that.
0: Well, speaking of that, see, this is one of my problems. I tend to, I'm impatient. I do everything <laughs> hard and heavy and fast. I have broken yes. toothbrushes. I am a hard scrubber. Uh, you know, they say brush your Are, teeth for like, I don't know, is it two, three minutes My hand goes a million miles an hour hard for about a minute, and I'm done. (laughs) Well, slow down. Two minutes twice a day is what the American Dental
1: Association Two minutes? I don't
0: have that kind of time. I always
1: always tell kids, bunny ears, two minutes twice a day. Two and two. (laughs) (laughs) Two two and two. Floss at least once a day. Now, a lot of people, you know, our society is just that. We're always on the go. I'm the same way, Joe. I mean, I'm going a million miles an hour. You know, half the times you're brushing your teeth, probably doing three other things, not really even paying attention. Um, and so most people press too hard, which can do damage, not only to the teeth, but more so the gums. If your toothbrush, if you see the bristles, they're all splayed out or yeah. I never heard of somebody breaking their brush until you now, Joe. So I'm going to have to I'm a brush breaker. I'm That's pretty that. serious. Um, you know, Gary, I hate myself. <laughs> well, we all love you, Joe. Don't worry. It's all good. We got to get you. An electric toothbrush. I tried one so, of those. I hated it. Well, it's there's an adjustment period. You got to be prepped for it. It takes too long. To it. Well, it that there's a couple things. You said you only brush for a minute. Well, this'll has a built-in timer where it'll make sure you brush for two minutes. Oh it buzzes no. to make sure you move around. And the way it moves and the softness of the bristles, you can't press too hard, you can't go too fast. So and some of them have pressure indicators in the, uh, in the handles. It'll turn red. There's like a red warning light if you push too hard. So you're brushing and you see this red light come up on the handle
0: oh, mine and, would and the, be red it'll hot. actually slow the, red hot. the brush down. Oh, so it man. takes
1: care of people like you, Joe. Oh
0: gosh. All right. Well, I'll try that. I'll try yeah. that. Maybe. I don't know if I can get back to that. All right. You uh, look see? stressed
1: out. I'm stressing you out. No, you're not. I just, I
0: don't know. That, it, here's the thing. I I was born in 66. So in the late 60s and into the 70s, it seemed like there'd be like one out of every 50 kids would have braces back in the day. Braces weren't a thing. Right. Um, So I never had braces as a child. I always had good, healthy teeth. I took good care of them. Um, But now it seems like everybody has braces and I'm almost intimidated by the population. It seems like every human being now that's fairly young. Every, they all have perfect teeth and they're over white and it almost bothers me. It looks artificial. I want a little irregularities there. My dentist tells me I have very healthy teeth, but cosmetically, as you get older, what they, they start to like drift, like tombstones on an old cemetery and stuff, right? <laughs> they move around a little bit. What's going on there? I, I've never heard that analogy before, but I kind of <laughs> like You know it. how you see an old cemetery and one is leaning up a little yeah, bit and-
1: well, the thing about braces, Joe, is, yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody wants them now, even adults. You know, everybody wants straight teeth. Everybody yeah. wants white teeth. You when know, did it's that just, all
0: happen? It, just in the last 20 years, I'd say. Yeah,
1: I'd say that, you know, really in the in the 90s, you know, you just, again, you see more marketing. You know, you're just more yeah. aware of people and, and smiles and everything. Right. but. Along with that, th- there's more. You're talking about drifting of the teeth and you know change over over time. And yeah, we'll, we'll see that as we get older. There's just some natural wearing that can cause some of that. Okay. But really, braces. I think we're understanding more of the value of not only a, a pretty smile, a cosmetic smile, but the functional part of it. Years ago, people either didn't have the money, they didn't have the access to the, to the <clears> care. Or they thought, yeah, my teeth are good. You know, my teeth are healthy. They're straight enough. I'm happy with my smile. I don't have to do anything. Okay, that's fine. But as a dental professional, and you look in there, and you see how the teeth are aligning, how they're functioning together, sometimes you can predict future damage, you know, future change and damage as a result of that. And so you talk to a patient now, you know, I do this every day, you talk to people about Hey, I, I know you're happy with your smile and, and there's aren't any cosmetic concerns, but functionally, you know, you're starting to have jaw pain, you're starting to have TMJ issues, you know, we're seeing wear on these teeth, or you chipped some teeth. That's a sign that this is a problem that needs to be addressed. And orthodontically, you need, you know, you need braces really to fix it and get better alignment. And yes, you will have a, a prettier smile when you're done. Um, but long term, it'll help you to keep your teeth. Because a lot of people lose lose teeth. It's amazing how when you look at somebody's dental history, you can. it's almost like an archaeological dig. You can look back, and it's kind of interesting to see the progression. You, know, you see crowns, you see root canals, you see implants. You know? oh, yeah. and, and you kind of, as a dentist, you think back through your mind, and, and you can almost see where the starting point was and how they got there.
0: It could have and, all been a prevented, you're saying, way back some when. Some of it, sure.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. You see stuff all the time. You say, geez, I wish I got to this person, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. Maybe they're, they're, the outcome would be different.
0: So adult braces, is there a limit? Like once you reach a certain age, it's like, don't even bother or no?
1: It's all up to the person. You know, I've had people in their 80s.
0: Oh, yeah? braces. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, some people, more, more so, I would say, you know, women, um, mothers, You know, they sacrifice everything for their kids, their grandkids, whatever, their husbands, their whole adult life, and then decide, you know what, I put this off long enough. Now it's me time. And so then they want to get it done. And then you have other people. I might have people in their 40s and 50s. I go, you know, I'm 50. How much more time do I have? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, okay, All right. I guess you're going to die next week. I don't know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You know, it's just not important to them. I guess if you're in the dating game or not. Outlook on life. That's I'm not the, like that. I just, I keep looking ahead. So
0: that's the key though. Maybe if you're in the dating game or not, that's where you,
1: <laughs> some people are like, ah, whatever, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's different. You know? Everybody's different.
0: And what about the, uh, the old, the old Englanders thing? Why, 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 why is that stereotype? Is that true? I mean, do a lot of European, I guess, 100%. England, that's what's with that. So it's just cultural, right? Yeah. They,
1: they have, they're just known for terrible teeth. Well, right. they also have, they have, I believe it's social, uh, socialized medicine and, and dentistry as, as part of it. So their dental care, it's just, it's different. It's different than here. There aren't as many cosmetic procedures and things like that being okay. being done. It's just, yeah, culturally, they don't, they don't want the bright smile, straight teeth. I think Perfect. they almost wear it as a badge of honor.
0: Yeah. So it's maybe a little, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Uh ripped jeans or something. I'm from England. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think, because you have great teeth there, do you think some people do look like fake game show hosts? Like it's too white and too perfect and stop it. Uh,
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah.
0: It's annoying. It's a sign I think of narcissism or something, you know, self-indulgence, like stop it already.
1: Yeah, the OCD. There's a bunch of things probably you can lump into that. Yeah, there, I've seen people whiten their teeth. You can whiten your teeth to the point where they're almost like an iridescent purple translucent. <laughs> Enamel <'cause> an, <laughs> an is translucent, and you'll see girls, you know, younger girls, usually college age, you know, late high school, sometimes that do that, and their their teeth are just so white. But then there's also now because of that movement and people want white teeth so badly that way, maybe they don't want to whiten you can get veneers or, you know, porcelain restorations put on your teeth and they're artificial colors. They don't exist in nature. So (laughs) when, you know, when we do work, you got, you have these little shade tabs where you pick out colors with a patient and try to match, you know, their, their teeth. And there used to only be the ones that existed in nature. And now there is a whole series of tabs that have been (laughs) created in a laboratory and we call it. um, I think if maybe if, if, and I say this to patients when they kind of want that to discourage them. In dentistry, we call that toilet bowl white
0: because it what too shiny porcelain, too too it's much. Like, too... It's like
1: white porcelain yeah. toilet.
0: Yeah, I think you it's this, It's a it's a it's a neon sign to the world. I'm vain. I'm narcissistic. When I see that, uh, I stay away. Uh, yeah, and that's a good <laughs> that's... warning sign. If you're <laughs> if a you're guy
1: in the dating game and you see that,
0: keep away. <laughs> <moving. laughs> too high maintenance, right? Absolutely. And on the side note of that, and going back to the England thing, I respect always, you know, maybe like your uh, Michael Strahan or Elton John or Madonna, they had the gap in such, not perfect, but they're saying, this is me, take me or leave me. I'm healthy, but it may not be perfect, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, and
1: like, especially like in the case of Michael Strahan, you know, there's kind of an ethnic component to that, so you see that that space that's called the, the diastema okay. more so in African Americans. Oh, I and didn't so know that. It's it's, it's commonplace. Um, yeah. And I know, think it, it has, his is extremely, you know, large. But I think um, a person
0: of weak character and low self esteem would want to get that taken care of and get it out of there. But I like how he's like, no, this is me. If you don't like it, that's your problem.
1: Yeah, of course, he's got the size to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And actually, if you you know Michael Strahan, if you know his backstory, you know he was a he was a a chubby fat kid growing up and got bullied. And oh, uh, was he?
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and kind of got into football and and started working out to kind of prove everybody wrong. And so he's always had that chip on his shoulder.
0: Interesting, but he's making it great. A, He's making it work for him. All right, now on the subject of um, of wisdom teeth, um, I had mine done. I think ten years ago. Is it the whole thing, I I think it's the evolution of our species where the jaw has been receding, right? And the teeth have not been keeping up, so they kind of get jammed in the corner?
1: Yeah, I mean, as, you know, we're all interbreeding, you know, and Europeans and different cultures, our jaw structure really is getting smaller. Okay. And so we still have, genetically, we're still programmed for the same number of teeth, 32 teeth. Right. Four of which are wisdom teeth. But we don't, our jaw structure is much smaller, so it can't accommodate the eruption of those teeth. So now the wisdom teeth, they form in the jaw, but they're impacted. And impacted just means they're, they're stuck. They're, they're stuck completely in the bone. They're stuck against the other teeth. And therefore, they can cause pain and problems, damage to the other teeth.
0: Coming in at an angle stuck no room now they're pulling another tooth out you get root damage you get pain agony
1: absolutely yep absolutely i've i've had adults come to me that um had wisdom teeth that were there kind of overstayed their welcome they should have been removed you know years prior and as a result of them staying too long they caused damage to the teeth in front of the wisdom teeth right and now they had to get wisdom teeth removed and additional teeth removed as a result and so it's best to make sure that those are addressed in a timely fashion. Usually usually, kids, My the rule in of my office is, you know, 16, 17, you know, you're a sophomore, junior, certainly by the time you're a senior in high school, we should be looking to see, number one, do you have the teeth? Some people genetically <clears throat> will find they don't have wisdom teeth, or they may have a couple of them, but not all of them. Interesting. So they're the lucky ones. I always say they're genetically superior. They're kind of ahead of the curve. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, But take a look and make sure they're addressed before they start causing pain or issues.
0: So when it comes to the removal of wisdom teeth or any teeth, here's what I've always wondered. And I know you dentists probably have a code and this is probably somehow, (laughs) this is somehow probably mixed in, uh, you know, with, 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 you can't tell anyone what you're doing with someone's uh, medical history. But we got lots of codes by the way. I know, but here's what I want to know when someone's under anesthesia, okay, and they're just boom, right almost dead there in front of you, and you have to remove their teeth, it's got to be a funny scene. Is their whole head wiggling around? Are the eyes open? And I mean, do you get a head literally and you have to hold it down and pull like you're like you're removing a nail from a six by six? I mean, it's got to get pretty rough. You can't
1: say it doesn't. Correct? No, there's there's nothing there's nothing rough about it. No. How are you working a tooth out without the head gone? I don't work within it. You know, I don't put patients out. I don't sedate patients, so they're completely awake. But I've been in situations, you know, where where teeth patients have been sedated like that, and no, I mean, there's always you always have extra hands. There's always assistance there to you know make sure the patient's comfortable. And you don't want to cause any additional harm, so you're certainly, not, you know, not going to beat the patient up. You, you know, you always have patients that come in and tell you, "Oh, last time I had a tooth pulled, you know, the dentist climbed on top of me, put his knee yeah, in my chest." Doesn't happen. He's pulling on it and doing the, I don't know where in the hell they're going. I think they're going <laughs> to a horse dentist or something. But there's nobody that I know that would do that because yeah, but really if you have to
0: get that back wisdom tooth out, are you pulling it like with pliers and a nail, or it's it's more it's more surgical and procedural? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's more surgical you know, and procedural. It's, I mean, it's, heads all moving we on. always,
1: we always preach controlled force. So it's slow. It's kind of slow and methodical, you know, slow and steady wins okay. the race. So, you know, you, you don't want to go in there and muscle it because if you do, you know, it's like taking out an old bolt or something, a rusty old bolt, it's going to break. And once it breaks, <laughs> now you really got your hands full. So just take your time, get it done, make sure the patient's comfortable. You know, the value of sedation for a patient is, they have no, you know, they don't remember anything. No. And they don't hear anything. When you're awake, you hear things.
0: Just but, admit that you laugh at us when we're when we're sedated, though. You've seen that and you laugh. It's a funny person. It's funny to see a person sedated. I don't know. what It's got to be. Um.
1: No, 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 no. I, w- I wouldn't say that, Joe. Well, um, I want
0: you, if I ever come to you, to laugh at me. Well, I will
1: definitely laugh at you. You have
0: my permission to laugh at you.
1: But I will definitely laugh at you. We will <laughs> laugh together. I don't know how much work we'll get done. We'll just have a good time. <laughs> we like to have a good time in my office because, you know, it, dentistry, you know, so many people are afraid and whatever. It's such a stuffy environment. It's so nice when I get somebody like you, like somebody that's real, that comes in, that's a jokester, that they're joking uh, around with you. You can joke around with them. We just have more fun than anything.
0: Yeah, I hate uptight people in all areas. Like, get the get the stick out of your rear end, will you? Come yeah, it
1: just, it just lightens the mood. But some people are so nervous in, in you know, in my setting that. You can't you know you can't you have to be I have to be mr Gray Poupon like yeah you said. not
0: here yeah I know I do the same thing when I'm in front of my mother in law all right so. <laughs> all right, so um uh, animals I have a dog who's eleven years old I mean teeth are wow teeth eleven te- jets eleven teeth are teeth an Anim- mammals are mammals some people brush their dog's teeth, I have never brushed my dog's <laughs> teeth um it's probably a smart thing to do, but I guess my point is it's almost like a dog only lives 12, 13, 14, 15 years. It's almost like if right. a child never brushed their teeth, they're going to, and they died at 15 there's no problem it, right? It's going to, it's going to, it's going to last their lifespan. For the most part, I
1: think, I don't know a ton about like pets, but I know there are certain breeds, a little bit. I know there's, there are certain breeds that are susceptible to decay. Mm-hmm. I know whether it be cats or dogs. Um, smaller breeds like chihuahuas and things like that. I've had friends that had issues where they had to have full mouth extractions for the dogs.
0: I heard your dog
1: barking in the background. Do you brush his teeth? I do not brush my dog. I have two labs. I have a chocolate. So you do and not brush their teeth. A chocolate and a yellow. I say chocolate and vanilla. Okay. Um, one is 10 going on 11 and one is two. Um, no, you know what? In our house, a healthy diet. I mean, we take them for the regular visits. They eat a lot of them, um, or they chew a lot of, um, I don't know what they're called. They're like a nylon chewing bone thing. That seems to help our dogs like get the tartar off their teeth. I think dogs, have, they don't really get decay so much as they get tartar buildup on their teeth, which yeah, affects yeah, their gums. Yeah. yeah. Just I like in, in people.
0: Well, if we're winging the conversation now, if and maybe this is going to be a bell moment where you say, Snedeker, shut up, and then I hit the bell. But if, if dogs are mammals and we are mammals and we're not all that different on a biological level, why can dogs freely, you know, you said, watch what you put in your mouth. Dogs chew on everything. They're chewing hard plastic. They're chewing bones. They're not worried about their enamel. No damage. Nature provided them with the clear path. And you're saying, don't, don't scrape your teeth with anything. But yet dogs can get away with it. I wonder what the deal is there. Well, I mean, uh, to a point.
1: But there are; <clears throat> they can damage their teeth, and more of it has to do with the thickness of the enamel, and just anatomically the shape of the of the teeth. So they're made to chew; their teeth are designed to chew bones and chew really hard things and stuff like that. Ours um, really are not designed to do that, um, and they, but they're they can more- still break. They can still break teeth. I've you know I know there are dentists that work like let's say in a zoo. And, um, I remember a story about a, um, I think it was a lion, lion or a tiger they needed a root canal because it broke a, can- <laughs> it broke one of its, one of its canines. I forgot exactly how, but the canine snapped off just like, you know, something could happen to one of us,
0: you know, all right, speaking of lions. All right, here we go. Now it's time for the dentist joke. What's with dentists and hunting and you fall into that stereotype. What's, I mean, I, come on is what, well, I think the stereotype really is golf because people always come in and they go. Oh, do
1: you play golf? You know, are you okay. in a country club and all that. No, 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 I don't. Two things. I don't play golf and I don't live in Clark summit. Um, <laughs> that's where all the dentists are, right? <laughs> I'm the, I'm the anti all of that.
0: Um, but the whole yeah, de- like being the out dentist the by myself. Yeah. But you know, the dentist with their big game hunting, that's a stereotype. Remember it that is. dentist? What was that? Five, six, seven years ago, he got into trouble. Yeah, in people.
1: Africa. Yeah, 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 yeah. all that all, stuff.
0: What's with that? I wonder. I think you know what? It's just it's just peace. We we talk to people all
1: day, you entertain people all day. You just want to be in the um, woods alone. Yeah, you're just one on one with nature. Uh, yeah. That's what it is for me. I mean, I love to fish too. I really love to fly fish, and uh, you know, I could just be out there. I don't even care if I'm catching fish. My mind just goes free. It's like therapy.
0: Yeah, there's so. some type of there's some type of quote that states that like sometimes it takes a person decades to realize the reason they're fishing is to not catch fish yes (laughs) all the other things that come with it that's where mountain biking and cycling comes in for me i go everything's off my mind yeah i'm in my world i'm in the woods there's nothing around i love it and
1: that's exactly what i like you know it could be a hike it could be anything as long as i'm out if i'm outside i'm a happy guy
0: yep me too brother i hear you there All right. So uh, the the final question, I think I covered most of them here. Um, So what what, what do you think about cleanings? I go once a year. Some people say they love it. They go twice a year. I don't know. It all depends, I guess, on the person, correct?
1: Really it's, it's recommended at minimum twice a year, you know, every every six months, unless you have some underlying condition, uh, maybe a health condition where you're prone to gum disease. Maybe you have a history of gum disease. You've had previous treatments. Then you would, the recommendation generally is to go more frequently, maybe every three months or four months.
0: Wow! So once a year, you're looking down on me. You're judging me.
1: Um, I have patients that ins- you know are insistent only come once a year that have excellent teeth, never had issues. You know, I mean, really, they're the ones that are, I guess are are the lucky ones or genetically have some advantage or something. Um, and you know, they're okay. But the, the issue with going a year, a lot of times, is a lot of stuff can happen. Wow! And if you ignore it over the course of that year, boy, it can get really bad. So that, that small little chip or cavity, maybe the beginning of a cavity can turn into a significant cavity, maybe end to end in a root canal and a crown or an extraction. And oh, no, an right.
0: so it's good to go at least twice a year. Then at least, you know, everything is uh, moving around, progressing at the, uh... it's
1: like any, it's, I always say it's like maintenance in your car. You're not going to buy a brand new Mercedes or brand new car. And not go back at the scheduled, you know, maintenance intervals that the manufacturer recommends. You know, <laughs> yeah, it'll run for a while. It'll probably go a couple of years without yeah. doing anything. But when it goes, it's going to go in a big way.
0: And that applies definitely to uh, dentistry. And I'd rather go see my dentist than uh, get my prostate checked. So I look at it that way. You know, it's a lot easier.
1: I, I ha- also have not heard that. What I hear more frequently from my female population is they'd rather go to the gynecologist and come to the dentist or what? vice versa. That's on. Yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, usually somebody that's really afraid they'll say What's, that.
0: It's amazing. My wife makes fun of me. I have to go to, you know, get my prostate checked once a year and I make like a big deal out of it. And she's like, you know, we expose everything to the world, you know, the, the breasts. Yeah. The,
1: yeah. The my my wife doesn't want to hear it either, Joe.
0: Yeah. They do so much more than yeah. we do. And we make a big deal out of a prostate. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: It is a big deal.
0: Yeah, but not for them. They're exposing everything all the time. I don't know. It's easier for them for whatever reason. Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't know. I think we hit on all parts. Now, my dentist is about to retire soon. So I may be uh, emailing you for, I think you may be a half hour, 45 minutes away. That's not too bad. We
1: always have room for you, Joe. I have (laughs) a feeling that actually I live probably closer to where you live than where my office is.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Where do you live? Or you don't want to say um no it's an open book i live up in rileyville i don't know where rileyville is, is that closer to over, maybe?
1: no over by like damascus towards equinox oh okay no, that's still pretty far like, from up, me. like northern wayne county up there yeah, that's still pretty far from me but pleasant uh, mount yep gotcha
0: well it's still about a half hour 45 minute drive we can become buddies in the future
1: sounds good joe
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so how about a final plug for uh, anyone who's looking for information on you or your practice here hit them up
1: well, my practice is Hamlin Dental Center, and so you can find us on the web at hamlindentalcenter.com. dot com. Um, we're always taking new patients. Uh, we, you know, I don't do any advertising. Uh, all my advertising. is sending through in my...
0: pointing pictures.
1: That's it. This this is it. <laughs> um, everything is is word of mouth. So I always say my, my work and my reputation speaks for itself. And uh, I think if you look online and Google Google my name, um, you'll see the reviews from my patients and. Uh, you know, we're always accepting new patients. We'd love to meet some new ones. I did that, man.
0: Your your patients love you. Your reviews are awesome. So they you know. are
1: awesome, and we you know we're very proud of that because uh, my staff and I take that seriously. You know, the service that we provide for our patients, and we don't solicit those reviews. It's not like I always say. It's not like the Toyota dealer where they're sending you. You know, <laughs> hey, if we don't get a five, we're not we haven't done our job. No, hey, if if you give me a one, there's a reason. And I want to know why, so I could do it better next time.
0: I love it. All right. Well, Dr. Gary, you are one great American. Keep up the great work. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, you know where to find a guy. Hope you enjoyed this Mr. Curiosity segment, everything you need to know about your teeth. I'm going to continue every night to floss with the alligators and then swoosh two it. <laughs> but I'm going to keep doing that whitening mouthwash, whether it works or not. It makes me feel good.
1: Well, you're not doing any harm, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want real whitening, come to me.
0: Oh man, I don't. I'm afraid to overwhite, and that'll look like a narcissistic jerk.
1: Yeah, we don't want that. All right, well, thanks for your time, buddy. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me, Joe.
0: You got it. Curiosity, what are you so curious about? Everything, Mister Curiosity.